Two sailors use their shore leave to secure an audition for a singer. A priest and a nun try to save a school. A mother works to give her unappreciative daughter a better life. A psychiatrist protects a man with no memory accused of murder. And an alcoholic tumbles off the wagon. This time on the Oscar should have gone to 1945. And the Oscar goes to... The last weekend. Craig? Meg. Meg. Coming to you live from my bed. Mm-hmm. Because I just, some, some mornings you just, you can't, some mornings you got to cr- yeah. crawl right back. You got to say, you got to say, Maddie, I need you to set up the recording studio in the bed. And, and set it up. He did. And, uh, I'm glad I asked that because, um, I couldn't put on pants. I couldn't, I could not, I just, it couldn't be me. Not today. Not today, sir. My baby was awake. A bunch of times, not well, twice last night, which is really not bad for like almost four months. But this is this is why I think I've said this before. This is why we, people have babies in their like twenties, because in your twenties, right. a you don't need to sleep, and then also it's like you're not like set in your ways. I'm too old for this shit. It's too late. It's too late. But I am too old for this shit. He's napping now though, so so we're we're good to go. We've bought some time to talk about 1945, the greatest of all years, starring the greatest generation. Mm-hmm. Is it the? It's the greatest generation. Yeah. Is that fought in World War II? That is correct. Yes, my um, my uh, mother was born in 1945. Really? I so forget, these I are the, you have old parents. I do. So these are the films um, that she did not see because she was a, she was a, a small child. Mm-hmm. But um, you know that's. I mean, you don't she know that have. she. You don't know that she didn't see it. This bitch, Harry, has definitely seen John Wick. Okay, so. I mean, I that's mean, a joke. He actually hasn't seen John Wick. I was trying to think of a movie that's been released this year that we've watched, but I can't come up with one. <laughs> um, what I would say in general about these movies, I think, is that. Um, this was a weird year and that I don't think any of these movies are terrible, but I also don't think any of these movies are very good. I felt like they were all pretty uh, like the, I think for me, the rankings are going to be difficult because they're all on a pretty similar plane. That's so funny because I was like, this is the these are the easiest movies for me to rank maybe of all oh, years wow. that we've ever done. And I think it's because I think I don't disagree with you. I I liked them all. I well, there's one that I was like, "What?" But I liked. <laughs> I really genuinely, gen, generally liked four of the five. But yeah. I agree that I wasn't like bowled over by any right. of them. But that's also happened other years, and I've hated them. I've hated a bunch of yeah. the movies, and I didn't hate any of these movies. Yeah, these are all like three and to three and a half star movies. And I feel like particularly like post like pre 1960, maybe 1970, like it was a lot of like 
all right, there's this like one four star movie, but there's two that are like two and a half star movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. But all of them were were decent, were halfway decent and well made. I just, uh, yeah, I w- I'm not like gonna go- run back, oh, except one of them I really liked. Mm-hmm. We'll okay, get, we'll get into it. Well, uh, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. What a strange, strange time. Anyway, I'm rewatching Band of Brothers. Have I told you this? No, I'm rewatching Band of Brothers. Um, I don't really know why, but it just feels like a thing that I needed to do to rewatch Band of Brothers. And it's interesting <clears throat> because I'm, it's like, whatever, World War II show and I'm watching the movies. And then I was this week also, I was watching the movies that were, that came out at the end of World War II. So it's like a contemporary thing. I don't know where I'm going with this. Just what a, what an interesting what a, what an interesting time to have been alive. 2023 for sure. Also 1945. Tell your mom. Interesting year to be to be born. I will tell her immediately. This is a really this is a funny episode. Should we uh, should we jump into the movies? Sure. Um. So the first movie, Anchors Away. Uh, we texted very briefly about this film. And I think the biggest takeaway for me is what I texted you is that you hate to see typecasting like this, <laughs> which is that uh, Frank Sinatra's character is a loser virgin. <laughs> My takeaway was Frank Sinatra is definitely Ronan Farrow's father because those motherfuckers sure. look identical. I yeah, exactly. Like identical. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, Gene Kelly teaches Frank Sinatra how to fuck Mm -hmm. and teaches Jerry Mouse how to dance. (laughs) You know, that's um, that was supposed to be Mickey Mouse. I read this and but Disney wouldn't clear it. Right. So they switched to I didn't even I didn't even it didn't even cross my mind until I read that fact that it was Jerry from Tom and Jerry. Who did you think it was? I don't know. I just thought it was a cartoon mouse. There's only like two cartoon mouse mice. I know it's mice. I wasn't I wasn't expecting to see Jerry in the film. <laughs> so when he appeared, it wasn't a cameo I was like waiting for. So I will say a- I want to set this up. The kid there's a kid in the movie who's like wants to be a sailor, wants, wants to, to be in the navy. In the navy. And yeah. so and he's like So the police just show up and yeah. arrest two sailors to um convince this kid he has to tell them where he lives. Yeah, so that he they can take him home so that he can't just go down to the Navy recruitment office. But right. he becomes, you know, rightfully so, there's hero some hero worship going on there with Gene Kelly. And Gene Kelly goes to the school, this kid's school, and they all the kids are like, well, how'd you get your medal? And he's like, let me tell you. And the story that he tells is basically he he brings joy back to uh, Jerry Mouse's kingdom, whatever, by through through the magic of dance. Yeah. Okay. Does he think these kids are fucking stupid? <laughs> you think these kids don't remember Pearl Harbor? How Gene dumb, Kelly? Th- yeah. Th- these th- that was like four years ago. They remember. Yeah. They remember. They remember. Never forget December seventh. 1941. 1941. They let it live in infamy. Yeah, yeah. It lived in infamy. And you're trying to tell me that you got a medal teaching 
the, a fucking cartoon mouse how to dance. I, I, I thought that was talking down to the audience and I didn't care for it. This Gene Kelly's character is a piece of shit in this. The whole thing, like Frank Sinatra, like falls in love with this woman. And then he's just like, you know, basically like trying to get in there the entire time. And luckily, um, luckily for him, Frank Sinatra realizes who he's supposed to be with is a woman with, I guess you could call that a Brooklyn accent. Stick to um, your own kind. Living in your own kind. What is that accent? That woman was from Brooklyn. She swell that Goyle. That Goyle. <laughs> now, from we Brooklyn both lived, we both, by we way both of lived in we both lived in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. but you know, not in nineteen the nineteen forties. So no. maybe that is just like because of gentrification, we hear less people say Goyle. My old landlords now. definitely lived in that building since the 1940s that I lived in, in, in Carroll gardens. And mm-hmm. I, not a one time that I hear the word Goyle. Hey, Goyles, me and Renee, Felice Smith and Patricia Olds. I never heard them refer to us as Goyles. Yeah. Well, also no, no other words had an accent by the way. <laughs> oh, but I mean, why would they? No, but they did have yeah, a secret. They did have Goyle. a secret, a secret Brooklyn handshake. Right, which also never learned. And I lived there for four years. No? Uh, I guess in Williamsburg, though, so maybe it was more... Yeah, by that time... Main, main cross Brooklyn Bridge, not cross the Williamsburg Bridge. Yeah. Uh, Brooklyn has that handshake. Yeah. Um, so, so the plot of this movie is two guys go on shore leave to fuck, and mm-hmm. <laughs> in the meantime, uh, both of them sort of fall for this woman who's a singer, and they tell her they're going to get her an audition with this famous uh, band leader who plays himself in the movie. Yeah. Um, he's in the very opening of the film, and then I was like, is this guy just, like, super famous? So they're just, like, throwing him in at the opening, and that's the last time we're going to see him. And it turned yeah. out he, you know, he strings throughout the oh, movie, yeah, he and he be- played himself apparently in multiple films. So he was a very famous orchestrator. Um, and that piano scene, which I basically tuned out during, I think oh, I even wrote, too. like, why it, this is something that would definitely be on the cutting room floor now, yeah. was, is so, was so famed at the time that when they did the Olympics in Los Angeles in 1980, they recreated it at the Hollywood Bowl wow, as part of the opening ceremony. That is... That's a shock that in a uh, in a movie where Gene Kelly dances with a cartoon mouse that's not Mickey Mouse, yeah. that's the that is the scene that they recreate. Interesting, interesting. interesting. I guess they, I guess maybe it was maybe they couldn't get Jerry. They for couldn't the get Jerry for it. Yeah, you know why? It's because uh, Jerry was Russian. Right. <laughs> uh, so this was the Cold the War. He couldn't come to the nineteen eighties. Yeah, that was stupid of us we should have realized that um yeah i think they just wanted to old old blue eyes he does have blue eyes man he does his eyes they are blue Mm -hmm. he's hot he's hot rona farrow's hot they're they're father and son i i just i I didn't mind this movie there i had some fun i i enjoy gene kelly i love his dancing uh yeah you know it's it's fine it's a musical Frank Sinatra sings. He's got a great voice. They sing a lot about like, there's the, I, I, one other thing I want to say is again, Craig made the joke of uh, typecasting Frank Sinatra <laughs> as a looser virgin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Gene Kelly is like the lady, the ladies' man in this movie. Uh huh. Well, he, he's got that cavatier the whole time um, <laughs> that he's drinking with Jerry Mouse. And, nobody uh, understands. Nobody. I mean, younger than us is going to get that were, reference. The screenwriters are clearly drinking cavatier <laughs> to come up with. He's going to dance with Jerry Mouse. <laughs> he keeps calling his 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 girl, his like his lady friend. The throughout the movie on the phone, he's on the phone with this girl Lola. Mm-hmm. It is pretty close to pornographic, the way that he talks to her. And it, I was like, I will say, for 1945, I was like, are you going to like get your dick out and start like <laughs> jerking it? Because like he was, the way he is on the phone with her, he's like, mm, yeah. Like it's like very ASMR, like, yeah, I'm always up for that or whatever. And I was well, like, can we talk seems, about how did you make how- it past the censors? So they get they go to this kid's house and Susie, the aunt, who they end up trying to say they got the audition for, she's supposed to go on a date. But because Frank Sinatra's character is into her, they decide, oh, I know how to get rid of Bertram. We'll just slut shame yes. Aunt Susie. We'll just be we'll like, make yeah, up a song about she's, how she's been with every sailor in the yeah, fleet. Yeah. And she and he is he is disgusted with that. Not impressed. Yeah. No. And eager to see the tricks that she has learned. And yeah, that's not his kind of girl. No. no. This and movie should, honestly, though, this movie should have ended at the very beginning where they're, they're about to go on shore leave. And they sing this whole song about how they get to go on shore leave. Yeah. But, like, some of the other people don't. If I was one of those other sailors, I would have beaten them to death <laughs> with that lead pipe. It's like, we have to go. We love to stay. It's pretty great. It's pretty yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. That The scenes where the two of them singing and dancing are really fun. Um, and then obviously dancing with Jerry Mouse. Um, comrade. Comrade Mouse is very, are very fun. Is very fun. Um, but yeah, you can, you can ride that fast forward button a few times. Yeah, for sure. Um, this movie is like two and a half hours long. That's too, too long. long. Too long. Again, any Way movie over long. two hours is too long unless it's Titanic. Yeah. And then Titanic for me, too short. Um, I did like, uh, <laughs> the conductor at the end, he's like, I'm a very busy man, but I did show up here to see this, the end of this friendship. <laughs> and then Brooklyn's just like randomly there at the reunion concert. Yeah. He's like, Brooklyn, what are you doing what? here? And I was like, great question. Great question. What How'd is she, she doing here? <laughs> Doesn't she have a shift at the restaurant? Yeah. To should be she working? be working at the Mexican restaurant right now? Also her hair, like her, her hair and those like like little Swiss Miss, like braided buns. I was like, yeah, yeah that, that style. That's a real Brooklyn style. That was wild. Yeah. That was wild. Yeah. Her character was. Anchors away. Anchors away. Away um, to our next, to our next bit. So I'm actually interested to, did you read up on the bells of St. Mary's? At I all? read that it was a sequel and that we should have done 1944 <laughs> first. first. That's what I read. Going, so going my way introduces we fucked Father up. O'Malley. You fucked up. You fucked up, Craig. Yeah. Uh, introduces Father O'Malley, the Bing Crosby character, going my way, wins Best Picture in 1944. Bing Crosby wins Best Actor, and they basically immediately make a sequel um, starring Bing Crosby and Ingrid Bergman. And Ingrid Bergman won Best Actress in 1944. And I don't know if she, I think she said in her Academy Awards speech, I'd love to do a thing with she Bing would, Crosby. No, she basically said, I'm so glad I won. Because, like, 
tomorrow or the next day I start shooting the sequel to Going My Way, and I was afraid that Leo McCary, who directed it, and Bing Crosby wouldn't talk to me because they'd both won Oscars if I didn't win also. <laughs> that is what's the the funniest part about that story is then they went on to make a fully super mediocre movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, what a hilarious bit to go then go on and make for me, one of the more boring movies of this year. That it's has a strange, almost it's no a plot. strange thing because, so it's about, you know, this priest who comes to town, he's going to help her save this parochial school. Is that what the first one's about too? I mean, uh, I can't remember doing? what the, I can't remember what the first one's about. We'll find out soon though. Okay. Stay tuned. Uh, watch this space guys. Watch this. Yeah. Space. Watch the space for 1944. It could be coming three weeks to a month from now. <laughs> Possible. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. Um, I like when he first enters the convent and there's like a million nuns walk in and every yeah. single time he like stands, stands up, up and then he yeah, like a gentleman. Yeah. yeah. What a stupid um, thing though that people used to do that. And I'm a lady. You don't need to stand. Craig, you don't need to stand for me. Oh, don't worry. I, <laughs> I, don't, I, think you, I don't think you ever have. You do need to open all my doors though. That's true. Yeah. And I always do. And wipe my butt. Is that a thing that they did? Yes, <laughs> For ladies. In the, at that at that time, okay. yeah. Only when they were on their men's season, right, 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 yeah. right. Um. So the weirdest thing about this movie is clearly like the attraction of this film to any person going to the movie would be to see Bing Crosby and Ingrid Bergman get together, yeah. and there's like this simmering like tension between them except they're a priest and a nun a priest so it, and a nun. it ain't gonna happen never gonna happen and honestly not great chemistry ingrid bergman here's my thing about ingrid bergman if i may um she is so beautiful and she wears this uh-huh. nun's habit in this so you, you it's like really just focus on her face her face is yeah. so beautiful she's gorgeous she's very cold like she yes. I, in in everything she does. I think she's a good actress, but she's she is very aloof and cold. Like I don't. She's honestly, from Sweden. She's so. from Sweden. This is why. This is why. Yeah. Um. So I honestly am like the idea of like Bing Crosby is not a good foil for her because Bing no. Crosby's like friendly, nice guy, whatever. It's like it's it's much better better when she's Who just like with at any point in the middle of a scene might be like. Come on over to this piano. <laughs> singing for no reason other than I'm being Crosby. None, none whatsoever. Got it. But you, again, got to get just like old Blue Eyes. Got to get a couple of piano I wrote down, times in this, there. This movie I wrote down feels like four episodes, like the TGIF like block because they keep having like mini adventures, mm-hmm. like like Ingrid Bergman's nun teaching a kid how to box because he gets beat up on the playground. That and was then, fun, by the way. That was fun. That was fun when she's yeah, watching when she's from like the window, window and like shadow boxing, boxing with him. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fun. Yeah. Um, and then there's like, <laughs> again, continuing with our theme for the year, there is a, a, a girl that's brought into the parochial school uh, because her mother is a whore, is a whore. <laughs> I mean, it's 1945, so the way that that information seems like that's what she does. But at the time, maybe she was a cocktail waitress. The way that they, the way that they reveal that information, the way she tells him, like basically, I'm a single mother. I'm raising my daughter. I'm doing the best I can. She's beginning to catch on. 
And I'm like, so what? <laughs> what? Are you having, are you having sailors over there? Yeah, I, I'm, I am, I am very unclear at what you are telling this priest. And Bing Crosby's expression is blank. Yeah. <laughs> he just is like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure, we'll take the girl. And then she fails on purpose so she can stay. It's a whole, it's a. Yeah, she ends up failing school and then she finds out that it's her real dad that she thought was just like some other, some John some, with her mom. And then she's like, oh, this guy's, this piano player who yeah. doesn't know the song Bing Crosby wants to sing. So <laughs> Bing Crosby has to play it himself. <laughs> and then Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life is in the movie as well, which he can't ever be anything other than Clarence. It's from, right. it's, it's it's in this movie. He's kind of like a miserly guy in the beginning. Yeah, whose doctor's I, like, you're going to die. So you should give you your should building give your to your the church. To the church. <laughs> you got a bad ticker, buddy. You want to live longer? You have these nuns pray for you. Give give them to the church. Give the building to the church. Can you imagine that? He just is like, yeah, actually, I changed my mind. You can have this. It was the dog. It's the dog that changed his mind. He you does save it. that dog. Yeah, which is nice. Which is nice. And then he's almost hit by a car. And I don't know how the dog wasn't hit by the car that he was almost hit by. Mm-hmm. But I was like, when that happened, I was like, I'm going to turn this movie off if this happens. If this, oh, if the dog gets hit? Yeah. Anytime a dog... Dog gets. I mean, if the yearling had been a dog, mm mm. Mm mm. Um, so there's this uh, simmering sort of like half rivalry between the two the whole time. And then it comes out at the end that <laughs> she has tuberculosis. <laughs> so although the school is saved and moving to this nice new building, um, she has to be sent to New Mexico. And of yeah. course, because it's 1945, uh, she can't be told she has tuberculosis, mm-hmm. but the priest that has worked with her for nine months can be told. Yeah. And um, he has to, and he'll, and he'll break the news. And he'll be the one that, that'll yeah. send her away. Bad news. You need to go to the, the American Southwest. But she, um, is so overjoyed when she finds out it's just because she has tuberculosis and not because <laughs> she's a bad teacher. So I think I would be in that camp too. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a extremely, I have consumption. That's fine. That's fine. As long as I, as long as, as long as you think that I'm little Bobby learned how to box. (laughs) As long as you think I'm doing a good job with these inner city youths, uh, whatever happens to me doesn't matter. I guess that's very, I don't know. That's like, that sounds very religious though. Right. Yeah. It does. Uh, this movie was not for me. Just like the Catholic yeah. Church is not for me, this movie, not for me. Apologies um, to I Mr. Crosby. Down, I wrote down, the, the final thing I wrote down about the movie was, that's a sweet moment at the end, but they should have fucked instead. <laughs> I don't want to see that fuck, though. I don't think it would be good. Well, it's 1945. We wouldn't have no, seen it. No, we wouldn't it, have seen, seen it. But it, I'm know? just saying, if if somebody gave me the option to, right. I, I don't think it would have been hot. You know what I mean? I she would have kept I that did, robe on. Let me tell you yeah. right now. She would have kept I that did robe read, on. I did read they had like someone from the church on set to like, you know, as an advisor. And apparently <laughs> and they asked, one of the... Would these two fuck at the end? <laughs> no, and they one, said, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. One of the takes apparently... They did when they were saying goodbye, like Bing Crosby did like dip her and kiss her like as a joke on this advisor. And apparently like he freaked out. It was like, no, 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 that's not that wouldn't happen. 
<laughs> they're like, ba 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 boo. Uh, they were like, no, she's not a, she's not a, she's not Billy. She's not one of the young boys. That would never happen. That's what happened. That's a joke about pedophilia in the Catholic Church. In the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can say that. I was baptized Catholic. It's a scourge. Yeah. I can't. I wasn't. I did get married in the Catholic Church, though. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And I got married in, as my mother-in-law likes to put it, a nothing church. <laughs> yeah. A nothing church by a nothing man. By a nothing man. <laughs> Do you know that when she found out that you were marrying me, mm-hmm. us, my husband and I, yeah. she, her exact line was, is this a Scientology thing? Oh, wow. Yeah. She thought it was maybe we were Scientologists, I guess, because we lived in L.A., well, it might be because I said no. It's a godless thing. <laughs> well, that first night I was there, um, remember mm. you were you had a bunch of stuff. So I was like with his family, mm. and I was I did carry around my Dianetics with me, <laughs> and I did yeah, an right. e meter reading yeah. on Maddie's dad. Yeah, that's what it was. And you and did you tell her about Zenu at that point, or did you, I can't you remember if I told that? her about it at that point, but I did make um, I did make Courtney sign a Sea Org contract. <laughs> Oh my God. We have fun here. We have fun. We have fun. That's for everyone that knows Maddie's extended family. That's <laughs> another pod. He won't even listen to it. So nope. I don't know who I don't that know. was for. I don't know who that was. was. That was for me. Yeah. That was yeah. for. That's right. We, and then we basically do this for us. So. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Um, should we talk about uh, Mildred Pierce? Yes. We shall. This movie kind of slaps. Um, and it reminds me of, uh, remember when Kate Winslet did it? Mm-hmm. Like it was like a mini, it was a mini series, right? Kate Winslet. Yeah. And- it was like a four or five episode. Yeah. Yeah. Kate Winslet. Um, and Rachel I watched all of it. I didn't remember much of it. I had to even go back and look at who played all the parts other than I remembered Kate Winslet was Mildred Pierce, but I was like, who played the rest of these parts? I remember Evan Rachel Wood, right? It was Evan Rachel Wood. Cause yes, yeah. she fucks she like they're like it's not like oh they you caught them kissing like she fucks yeah. this guy at the end yeah um yeah i really fucking like this movie i enjoyed it quite a bit uh she's great Vita, worst daughter Vita, of all time worst daughter of all time <laughs> and not to skip to the end but when she's being led away spoilers 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 skip ahead because mildred spoilers. pierce is actually is is worth watching when she is being led away by police at the end and she's just like, it's fine, mother. I was like, damn, she's a sociopath. And, <laughs> and trust and believe, I fear that for my own son. Not that I think he is, but you know. Oh, it's hard to tell at this point. It's like, hard to tell. Look at his mother. <laughs> exactly. I have, to, I have to hope that he has inherited. Well, then I think about Maddie's mental health and I'm like, well, it's not great either. <laughs> truly, truly there's nothing you can do. You know what I mean? For these people like Vita, like, yes, she was spoiled, but like she was just fucking born like that. You know, she's a fucking psycho. The the good daughter dies. It's so sad. And also she gets over that pretty quickly. (laughs) It's very strange because she is like in this. So basically the movie starts with her husband, like, well, it's a flashback. So we see, we start the movie basically at the end of the story and then she's, basically retelling everything to the police. But at the beginning of Mildred Pierce's story, as we know it, her husband leaves 
her with her two children. Her husband and who's then, having an affair. Yes. Um, Vita seems, by the way, completely nonplussed by the fact that her father left, which seems very strange to me in the mid-1940s. Mm-hmm. I would think that would be a major, major deal um, at that period of time. Um, Especially with someone so concerned with appearances. She's yeah. like, she's like, okay, whatever. And then her kid sister, who's like a tomboy, totally adorable, forget her name, uh, ends up uh, dying. Dying, yeah. Gets and pneumonia gets and pneumonia dies immediately right away. Right away, right away. Mildred makes it and she, oh my God, and she says, mommy, and then she dies. Dies. And then the woman, then the doctor comes out and is like, well, I was there for her birth and I'm there for her death. And then another woman is like, here, I'll make you some tea. As if like, that's that, I guess. Yeah. Dust off your hands. Well, the have thing a is, cup of tea, so, shake it off. At this point, she's sort of seen this man and he then says like two scenes later and it's like, I thought you had two children. Yeah. And she's like. One of them died. It's like you didn't ever mention your daughter died to this guy <laughs> that you're sort of seeing. Like I would just think you'd think, oh, you'd hey, the be night like, that I you... have to break off this engagement with you. I know we were going to go out yeah. for drinks, but my daughter died yeah. tonight. Remember the yeah? Remember the day that you dropped me off? Yeah, she's Deadsville. She's Deadsville. <laughs> I don't. That was wild to me. That was wild. So then she puts all of her effort into Vita, the older yeah. one. Who the by the way, also the dad is like Vita's bad news. <laughs> right up top. Vita's bad news. And guess and what? You know what? He was right. He was right. Yeah. Vita was bad news. Um I do like it goes directly from her sprinting across the stand, sand desperately trying to put on a swim cap, uh, to her daughter dying. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, hoo, 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 I'm having so much fun. <laughs> This is what happens. This is what happens when you have illicit affairs mm-hmm. with money men. Yeah, outside of marriage, and then you're at you're at people's beach houses. You're banging at the beach house. Yeah, That's, you know what that is. My mom used to say this all the time when we were like misbehaving, and we would like, then you'd like stub your toe or hurt yourself in some small way, and she'd go, "That's God punishing you." Wow. Said that to me as a child. Now, this is, that's one of those things, by the way, I bring that up to her today, and she goes, I never said that. You did, bitch. Bitch, you did. Um, Mildred is really supposed to be the sympathetic character here, but she makes a lot of mistakes. She's got terrible yeah. taste in men. I mean, she just stays with this guy who is consistently, like, overtly flirting with her 17-year-old daughter. Yeah. Um, even before she's of age. Um. Then I like when she goes to Mexico and she comes back after her and Vita have had a big falling out. And she's like, I went to Mexico, but I couldn't forget I had a daughter. (laughs) Her daughter is so embarrassed that her her mother is phenomenally wealthy, becomes phenomenally wealthy with her like chain of restaurants, whatever. Mildred's. Right. Mildred's. Mildred's. Whatever. Mildred's. Becomes phenomenally wealthy with a chain of restaurants. Her daughter is so embarrassed by this fact that her mother is has to that her mother is a successful businesswoman. I guess she wants her to just shit money magically. It's the weirdest thing. It's the strangest thing in the world. So well, early on when her mom is a waitress because they need more money, um Vita gives her finds the outfit and gives it to 
Lottie, who is the housekeeper, who the less said about the characterization yeah. of Lottie, the housekeeper, I the better. I think we maybe need to um, leave that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's so bad that, you know, who played the role in um, the HBO miniseries? No. no. Uh, Elizabeth Moss. Oh. I believe played it as like an Irish. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. They were like, <laughs> we cannot make that. We cannot have a... Uh, african-american housekeeper that is it makes you know i don't know nothing about birth and no babies look like shakespeare yeah it's uh it's it's pretty rough stuff it's tough it's tough she makes her wear that outfit to like and like knowing that mildred will come home and see like it is a that woman is that girl is a fucking psychopath yeah. So she ends up opening five restaurants, right? She says that I had five restaurants everywhere <laughs> you went. I had a restaurant as well, long as one of the, as like she went to one of five places. places. <laughs> everywhere you went, I had a restaurant. I went My to Saskatchewan. I didn't see them restaurant there. Well, that's because I didn't have one there. Hmm. I was talking about Pasadena, Santa Monica, <laughs> Glendale. One of those, anywhere you went there, as long as it was the specific place where I had a restaurant, I had a restaurant. <laughs> Did look good, though. It looked like fun. It looked like a, a jumping joint. It did. I um, My favorite character, I think, in the movie is Ida. Oh, love her. Yeah. The business partner. Yeah. The business partner who um, is like the manager of the restaurant at the beginning that... Mildred Pierce gets a job at as a waitress, and then somehow within six weeks, she's learned the entire restaurant business enough to convince Ida to leave her job at this expensive restaurant to come start a diner with her. Because so. for Vita, you know, I will say she was a great, Vita was a great motivator for Mildred. It is true. She yeah. kind of shamed her into starting her own business, which ended up uh, very successful. And then the rich guy that she marries basically uh wants is 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 using Vita for yeah. is using Vita to to get at Mildred's money. Yes. And um shall sell the shares of the restaurant. That was that part was a little muddy to me. I was like, what's happening oh. now? It's fine. Yeah. Um and then she walks in on them making out and then he's like, I don't love you. You're a little fucking bitch. And then she Yeah, this is ap- yeah, this is after Vita says to her mother it's always been me. Yeah. Even when I was I was 15 and you first, and it's been me. Ugh. Ugh. Um, Gross. Gross, yeah. but I fucking And then it. Mildred still tries to take, you know, tries you know, to cover it up. You know what, Craig? I mean, that's what honestly, you to do. take Wally down, that's okay. That'd be fine. Oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> Although, you know, good friend to Mildred, if not, if very much sexual... Predatory, sexually pred- yeah. predatory. I will say, um, that's what you do for your children. That's what you do. I mean, I don't have know. You started, have you started planning out how you're going to cover up Harry's murders? I was going to say, I was going to say, I don't know because he's a baby, but I'm like, right. but I'm looking at him right now on the monitor and I'm like, I guess I would. I mean, I would kill someone for him. So I'm like, I definitely sure. would go to jail for him. Right. Yeah. Have I told you about Columbine? Sidebar. Sidebar. <laughs> the 
just the school in general or the shooting <laughs> specifically? I read a, is that your dog or your, is somebody making sounds? It could have been the dog. It could have been the chair. The dog is right here. I picked him up and put him on the bed because he was just wandering around on the hardwood floor. Okay. So Columbine, I read the book Columbine. I forget the author, but I recommend it's about, wait for it. Columbine. Oh, okay. Not the school, the shooting. I mean, the, about, the yes. shooting. Dylan Klebold, Eric Harris. Yes. Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris. And it's very fascinating because Dylan Klebold was just like a sad, depressed kid. But Eric Harris was... Was a, a Nazi. Was like a... Yeah, he was like a like a sociopath, you know? Yeah. Like, like whatever, 1% of the population or something are like sociopaths. Right. He, is a, he was a sociopath. And at a, at a certain point with that, like, you know, not all sociopaths obviously are murderers, whatever. Right. It's, it's, a, it's, but it, there's no cure for that. Like therapy only makes it worse because it teaches you like how to manipulate people, whatever. Right. And I think about that. What if he's a sociopath? And like, what do you do? And I think about Eric, this is what I think about. I think about Eric Harris's parents and uh-huh. like how scary and sad that is. And like, you don't stop loving your kid, you know, but like, and I'm sure they didn't help the situation, but there's nothing at a certain point, like there was nothing they could do. He's a, he's a fucking psycho, you know? Right. Like whatever. Anyway, I really strongly recommend Columbine, the book. Um, and I also really recommend Mildred Pierce. Yeah. Check uh, it two, out. two, two pieces of literature about just kids gone bad. Yeah. Bad kids. Literature, pieces of art about kids. No, pieces of... Well, Mildred of, Pierce is based on a book. Yeah, so. based on a book. There you go. No. Kids going back. Um, all right. Oh, I do not like at the end, by the way, that she walks out and she's like with Bert. No. I was like, no, fuck no, Bert fuck too. Bert. Mildred, Bert's... he left you for Mrs. Beaterhoff. Yeah. He's also been bad news. Who, He's... by the way, he only left because she got married. What needs to happen is she needs... Which, it seems like she's already married. Her name is Mrs. Beaterhoff. Mrs. Beaterhoff. <laughs> you need to move, Mildred, you need to move to a... New, do we think... To a new place do we, that doesn't have a Mildred's, open a sixth location, and start yeah. afresh. Do we think that um, we were supposed to dislike her immediately um, and know what was going on with her husband, with uh, with Bert, because her last name was Beaterhoff? <laughs> I'm going to let that one lie. Let's move on. <laughs> um, <laughs> if it was beat ba- him off, then maybe. Then yes. Yeah. Okay. Spellbound. Um, so this is a documentary about a bunch of kids and <laughs> <laughs> spelling bee. Um, first of all, this movie starts with a four minute overture. Yeah. Why? I was like, oh, is this a sword and sandal situation? It is not. It is a Hitchcock starring Gregory Peck and... And Ingrid Bergman. Gregory Peck is a snack. He is so cute. Well, yeah. I mean, clearly, because Ingrid Bergman is a psychiatrist who is not interested in men. And then as soon as Gregory Peck walks in the door, her jaw drops open and her tongue rolls all the way out to the... And he, like, walks up. And the sound effect goes, a wooga, a wooga. But either way, get it. I totally get it. I get it. It's... Um, I like when I like when they're like she's a hard nut to crack, and she basically says like I hate men. And it's like not really that hard to she's not that hard to crack. I think I know what she doesn't she like hates men. Men That's... because the the other 
the other psychoanalysts at this place, like are all awful. Um, they're awful. They are. I don't even want. It's not even sexually. Uh, uh, what's it called? It's not even like. Like they're sexually assaulting her. Like they, yeah. the one comes into her office and is like, m- like massaging her and like and kissing her without her consent. Get the fuck he's out like, of here, old man. He's like he's like putting his hands under her breasts yeah. and like bopping them. <laughs> and she and it's like, oh, she's really tough to. Cra-. Well, you know, buy your dinner first. Let's see how that goes. Jesus I did bef- before they kind of um, let us know, like the actual like like twist of this movie. I was like, Doctor Edwards, who is. Um, Curry Peck's character. I was like, not super professional. Like immediately hitting on this uh, doctor who's going to be working underneath him. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go on a walk. And let me ask you, Meg, is that the most romantic anyone has ever said the phrase liverwurst? <laughs> Hammer your... liverwurst? And, <laughs> and she, she chooses goes, the liverwurst. She looks, she looks out and she says, liverwurst. <laughs> Again, she is from Sweden, and so that explains a lot of her sandwich choices. I don't think I've ever had liverwurst. I definitely have no. I don't think I've ever had liver, period. Oh, you've never had liver? It's like my favorite. You never had, like, chicken liver? Chicken liver toast? I don't don't know. I'm talking about, like, legit, like, okay, well, you know. Oh, Mom yeah. made dinner and it's liver. No, I've never had that. But like chicken liver mousse, like if that's on mm. a menu, that's just getting ordered. Like no question. That's like, that's that's a fave for me. But I don't think I would choose, but I don't really like ham either. Anyway. Right. Um, it seems like they're about to get uh, sort of romantic and then they run in to let them know a patient has cut his own throat. And one of the, I think it was, uh, I think it's Ingrid Bergman goes, is it bad? <laughs> I don't know. He cut his own throat. What do you think? Is it bad? And then they go in to it's operate. Not, it's, it's not, not great. <laughs> and then they go. They're in the operating room. So they're the psych. They're psych psychoanalysts and also yeah. surgeons. <laughs> yeah. And then um, and then Gregory Peck has a complete uh, mental break, and this is when we learn that uh, he's actually not the new head of the department. He's just a man with amnesia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the actual head of the department has been murdered and he was under his care. Yeah. Well, he's been miss He's missing and believed right. to have been murdered. Yeah. And Gregory Peck freaks out at black, <laughs> black lines on, on white, black on mm-hmm. white, black on black and white, whatever he freaks yeah, out. Yeah. I just wrote down triggered by white <laughs> <laughs> things that are, Things that are white just kind of set him this off. This is a Hitchcock movie, and you can tell yeah. it's an like he's like I haven't quite figured out the genre yet for this because it there's a lot of weird again there's a lot of interesting fun shots and Gregory Peck there's is a great scene with the cigar guy from Pittsburgh again just ugh, sexually harassing sexually Ingrid harassing Bergman. Ingrid. but honestly you shouldn't look like that then Ingrid Bergman fuck up your face in yeah. some way go be a model. Yeah. Don't be a psychiatrist. <laughs> Don't sit in a train station. Go be a model. You're just asking for it with your dumb, beautiful face. Um, and then they go on a series of adventures to find out what actually happened because she can't. She can't just. She can't just 
let it go. She can't let it go. She's too in love to let this possible murderer. Yeah. But honestly, um, if he looked like Gregory Peck, then I'd be like, we got to prove your innocence as well. There's a whole Dolly inspired dream sequence that Salvador Dolly actually like designed. Really? That's interesting because I totally buy that. It is very weird. Yeah. The faceless guy. Um, Although I will say nothing is more boring. And Hitchcock, you should know this. Nothing is more boring than hearing somebody describe a fucking dream they had. I guess that's why I could yeah. never be a therapist is because that's what yeah. it, that's the whole thing, right? It's an, 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 an analyst anyway. It's just hearing, oh, then I dreamed about this. Boring. No thanks. I just felt like basically I think this, for me, this all kind of boiled down to like obviously Hitchcock was very interested in psychoses yeah. and he just ends up exploring them a lot better in Psycho and Vertigo. Yeah. I think the thing about um, that, especially about like this being in 1945 or whatever, is it feels yeah. like psychoanalysis and therapy or whatever, talk therapy, is like a new yeah. a new art or whatever, like a, a new yeah. thing. So they spend a lot of time, like a lot of exposition talking about psychoanalysis and, and, a, yeah. and a guilt complex and this and that and the other. And again... It's not that interesting, right? You keep you keep using this word. It doesn't mean what you, what you think it means. This word, I do not think you know what it what means. It means it's pretty. It's pretty dry. Like a lot of the, the the a lot of the parts are are dry. I will say, at the end, there is one hell of a skiing sequence. Yes, <laughs> yes, there is. There is. the The movie alone is worth it for that skiing sequence. Um, also basically I wrote this down and now it's been, it's been a minute since I watched the film and most of it has gone out of my head. I did write Gabriel Valley just cause I want to make sure we talked about the skiing, but, um, basically they find out who the real murderer is and they just like get him to kill himself. <laughs> it's like, through, that's the happy ending through psychoanalysis, through psychoanalysis, through, yeah. through Ingrid Bergman being like, you're going to let me go. Yeah. Now, even as I'm saying this, I'm I'm putting and I'm in like, bed. I'm putting myself back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and the can the the gun turns on the camera. Yeah, it's very Hitchcock. Yeah, this movie is well, just fine. It's fine, just fine. It is. It's so interesting that um, as we've talked about before, the Academy had such an embrace of like Hitchcock and like like the early forties and, you know, like I love, you know, eventually we'll do Rebecca. I love Rebecca. Like, mm-hmm. and there are, but the fact that like his most like revered films, like the ones that like show up on sight and soundless, like the Academy was like, no, now we're good on those. We're good. Vertigo. We've People moved think on. It's maybe the greatest movie ever made. Nothing. No. no. Bye bye. Um, very interesting. Anyway, uh, that brings us to the best picture winner, which was The Lost Weekend. The Lost Weekend. I will say I that watched I watched this with Maddie. This... And, sorry, I watched this with Maddie, and about halfway through, he goes, Oof, this guy's having a little bit of a lost weekend, huh? <laughs> um, I had seen this, is the only one I think I'd ever seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked it more than I liked it the first time I watched it. I remember really actually not liking it originally. Hmm. And I still don't love it. It's still obviously like a very big 
portrayal of addiction. Yeah. Ray Land is doing a lot. A lot. It's a lot of monologuing too from him. And I get I it. Think, he's playing a writer, so he's was it, obviously was it loquacious. Weird to you, so this movie like actually opens and was it weird to you to be like, Holy shit, this is my apartment <laughs> with a bottle of Campari <laughs> hanging out the window. <laughs> Instead of whiskey. And at some point, at, a, at one point, he gives this big monologue about, um, you know, I wanted to be a writer and in college I was a genius and ugh, now I'm old and I haven't. And Maddie was like, this is too close. <laughs> I need to leave the room. And then he said, should I start drinking? And I said, it doesn't seem like it's working for him. Yeah, yeah. Although I will say, uh, for some reason, Helen stays with him through yeah. all this. And it feels like she, Helen could do better even if he wasn't a drunk. Yeah. He's, he, he, she's, she's super cute and, and pretty and seems to have a very active social life. Yeah. So and Don's just an asshole. And I understand like he's an addict and he's not completely in control, but like when he's like, just talking to like the guy at the liquor store or like the bartenders, like he's very pushy with them. Yeah. He's not a, he's no, not, he's a, not nice a nice guy. guy. He's not. Yeah. And the other thing too, is the the landlord says something like, um, Oh, he's such a like, Oh, and he's good looking or we you know what he's really not that good looking. No. I'm sorry. It doesn't do it for me. This is my issue. This is my issue with, uh, with this Billy Wilder alcoholic situation. Cause Jack Lemon has played this exact role, right? but he's Jack Lemon. So like right. he, it's much more, uh, it's much more enjoyable to watch because I don't know who, who is this actor. What is his name? Ray Milland. Okay. He ain't no Jack Lemon. Mm. That's what I have to say about this. I think this movie would be different if I I don't know. I, it's not that he's bad, but he just wasn't he's not particularly likable. So like I get that he has a disease. I get that like and yeah. boy does he have a disease. He is he can't go 5 minutes without downing a bottle of rye whiskey. There but, is a, there's a there's a great line that one of the bartenders says um that I feel like obviously like sums up addiction when he says one's too many and a hundred's not enough. Yeah. Yeah, and I and yeah. I get and I get that, and that is it's very sad. It's a very sad movie, um, and it's a very you know whatever. It's like a very sad portrayal of alcoholism. But I I truly am just like, yeah I I I don't want to I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch yeah. this guy just like literally spend three days trying to, and then at the end he's having hallucinations. Which is that a, is that a part of alcoholism? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. The hallucination of the bat eating the rat in the hole and then the blood coming down. It's disgusting. And it's very scary. It's very yeah. scary. It's it's scary and upsetting. And again, if I like if there was some stuff that was like likable about him, like if I enjoyed watching him, I might be willing to go on that journey a little bit more. But I just like didn't love this guy. Yeah, there are a couple points I liked, uh, like when he steals a purse at one point, he's like at this like bar and he can't pay his bill. So he steals this woman's purse and then they find he gets caught and they like take him out. And he's like, I'm not a thief. And I want to be like, I mean, how would you define it? My you guy took his purse and <laughs> my guy, you took his purse and you took you took her purse. You took the money out of it. That's uh, that's cool. 
All right, I gotta go get my. I gotta go get this baby. W- will you chill for like? Yeah, we a just few? gotta. Yeah, we'll just take a take a pause. I'm gonna take a pause. I'm gonna stop and then I'm gonna. I'll start this again. Okay, we're back. Megan has a child latched to her breast. Mm-hmm. God, that's so Earth Mother of me, isn't it? Like the like the podcasters of our past, <laughs> our ancestors. <laughs> I'll never forget when I was driving, when I was moving from New York to Los Angeles and um, listening to a lot of WTF and Marin consistently had a child just, just suckling at, at his teeth. <laughs> yeah. It's very weird. If you told me that I would be breastfeeding on a podcast a year ago now, which is when I, you know, wasn't somebody I then yeah. I would not have believed you, but and yet yeah. here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Um, All right, sorry. Let's let's finish our conversation about the last weekend. Well, there were just a couple things I wanted to point out about it. First of all, uh, there's a time where he's trying to go buy liquor from, or he's trying to pawn his typewriter, mm. and all the pawn shops are closed, and. It turns out that they're closed because it's Yom Kippur. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, the Irish ones are closed too. And this Jewish man, because at first I was like, this is going to be problematic because all the pawn shops are owned by Jewish people. And they're like, no, well, the Irish ones don't open on Yom Kippur. We don't open on St. Patrick's Day. Because those like, two are equally, equally important, important holidays. holidays. <laughs> both very religious. Both very mm-hmm. religious yeah. holidays. Uh, yeah, that was wild to me. I was I was bracing myself for some for some stuff there. Yeah. yeah. He's like, this is a crazy joke. He cannot stay sober for, that's why when you, in your description, you were like, he falls off the wagon. I was like, babe, there was no wagon. There is yeah. the wagon. Well, it is, looks like he's going to go on a nice little trip upstate with his brother. Wick at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't happen it because does he, not. he just wants to drink instead. Yeah. He ends up in an alcoholic ward. Where the um, nurse with, is it's just mean, just a, like every line, every line was, was delivered with such a shit eating grin. Yeah. You're yeah. an alky. You're an alky. You'll be back here. I was like, what is what? like, you are a terrible nurse. It's fucking yeah. nurse ratchet up here. This is awful. Um, um that, well, he, by the way, my favorite character in this, in this whole movie, the girl, the poor girl who abbreviates things. Oh yeah, Natch. This is Radick. Radick. I wrote both those down. Natch. I was like, very, very now. Very this, this contemporary. Girl. Yeah. Yeah. She, that girl is mother. She is mother. <laughs> she slays. She slays. The boot. She slays down the house. She. Boots, she mama. slays. She. She slays. Yeah, love her. Um, pawns. Pawns. Helen's jewelry. Her name's Helen, right? Mm-hmm. Um. To get a gun. No, Pons Helen's coat, the coat that oh, they right. met the coat, in. The coat that they met the in. The fur yes. coat that they met in. Pons it gets wants to swap, gets the <laughs> also the pawn shop owner seems totally nonplussed. She goes, Oh, what oh, she oh. would how much money did you give him for it? And he goes, Oh no, no, no. He didn't want money, he just wanted a gun. I wrote down good it's nice to see nothing's changed in the good old <laughs> US of A in the last Seventy-eight years. No, he sure, just wants this, a gun. This, this drunk guy come. This drunk, distraught guy comes in with a with a woman's fur coat, and you just are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's this gun. Um, and then uh, she convinces. One of the ways she convinces him not to kill himself is she goes, "You've got talent and ambition." <laughs> I just wrote, "Does he?" <laughs> 
it's like he wrote for like the 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 I don't know the the Stanford Gazette or wherever the fuck it is he went to college. Yeah, and one good article, and they were like, "Hey, this is pretty good. Maybe you don't got the stuff." Like, yeah. not for nothing. He de- definitely doesn't seem like he has any ambition. No, Sorry, not at all. He's never he's never published anything. Yeah, I don't think. And then, and then we see um, him put a cigarette into the rye, and that's supposed to be like okay. It's that's like you know. think he's not going to drink that fucking rye with that cigarette in it in twenty minutes? Definitely, he def- yeah. he hid the one bottle, and it took him all of three hours before he scoured the place trying to find it. Yeah, I love that that was she it was like at the end. It's just like he whatever. This movie this movie's not bad at all. I, I enjoy no. this movie. But it it's is It's really wilder. You can't get I mean it's not it's never gonna be bad. No, it's never gonna be bad. It's just it's just literally an hour and a half of this guy des like desperately trying to get it to get drunk. Like to and stay drunk for three days. And then his girlfriend's like, actually, you can, you don't need to do this. You can, you have a, you can be a writer. You can still do this here. Here I found somebody found her, the the bar owner found your typewriter and that's what turns him around. No, sorry. No, no, ma'am. Um, it's almost like you had a lost weekend. (laughs) That weekend lost. Lost, lost, lost a time. Gone. Yeah. Can't remember it. Um, all right. Let's rank them. Easy. All right, Easy. Mike. Easy. Five, Bells of St. Mary's. Four, Anchors Away. Three, Spellbound. Two, Lost Weekend. One, Mildred fucking Pierce. Done. Mic drop. Look at that. Look at look at her go. Look at me go. Uh, the second I finished them all, I was like, this is easy as hell. Easy as hell. None of these movies were bad. None of them were I great. have al- I have almost the exact same ranking. Oh no, do you? I think I'm gonna switch anchors away and bells just because anchors away is so long. Yeah. But that's the o- that's the only reason. Okay, fair, fair. It is longer. But then, so, Anchors Away, Bells of St. Mary, Spellbound, Lost Weekend, Mildred Pierce would be my ranking. I don't, and I don't, I'm not mad at that. That's about right. That's about right. I just, um, I just had to move up Anchors because he dances with Jerry Mouse. Sure. That is, Jerry Mouse is in this film. Along with a what whole is, lot of Goyles. That's, did you know that Jerry Mouse only appears in two Best Picture nominated films you know craig i didn't know that i yeah, didn't know Anch- how many i didn't know exactly how many yeah, oscar anchors nominated a- films jerry yeah, anchors away and no country for old men <laughs> <laughs> does he does he is he wrong on the coin flip he is is, he, yeah, is that he, what happens he well you have to you have to slow it down because it's hard to see but he um he uses that cattle punch thing on that guy on the road, and it actually goes through that guy's head, and then it, you can see it hits Jerry Mouse and kills him. What a cameo. What yeah. a cameo. Yeah. Oh, my God. I got to show you his face right now. I just said, what a cameo, and he just went, ooh. Is Harry, my- I've been getting um, some uh, messages from our listeners wondering if Harry is on cameo yet. 
if he's um, if he's doing messages, people have birthdays, uh, graduations coming up. He will be now. He will be now. This is his grand debut. Um, tell us about what other movies you watched this year, Craig. I, I actually do you like that. Do you like that lead in? I did. I actually watched five other films from this year. Hit, hit us. Um, so National Velvet, Elizabeth Taylor, her first starring role. She was like 14. She plays a young girl that loves her horse. Uh, her name is Velvet. She rides the National in England and she wins, but she gets stripped of it because she's a woman and women, girls aren't allowed to ride either. So um, we love to see it. Uh, Mickey Rooney's really bad in the movie. He plays like this random American, but there's a really good bit where they're all sitting around the table um, and there's a, they have a dog. And uh, Angela Lansbury, by the way, plays her older sister. Do you know how tall Angela Lansbury was? I don't. She's like she was like five eight. Are you serious? Some reason in my head she was always short, but she was not. Because in this movie she's like much taller than Elizabeth Taylor because she's her older sister. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, she was tall. I don't know why. I always thought she was short. Angela um, Lansbury is one of those people that you forget that she was ever young. Yeah, because <laughs> she's so intrinsically like a like a murder hero. Yeah, yeah, totally interesting. Um, but. Uh, Anyway, the best bit in the movie is they're all sitting around the table and the dad's talking, gets mad because someone feeds the dog. And then one by one, they all feed the dog scraps at some point. I was like, I just like it. That's like good, wholesome comedy. I'm up, I'm up for it. <laughs> um, I watched a movie you would absolutely hate called The Southerner. So National Velvet and The Southerner took two of the directing spots. So that's why I wanted to watch these movies. The Southerner is basically like a redux of The Yearling, but it's without a deer and little boy who want to fuck. Um, it's uh, basically it's about a guy who strike who like is a works on a cotton farm and strikes out on his own with his family, which is his wife and his two kids and his uh, terrible grandmother who just is like mad the entire movie. But I can't blame her because similarly, it's just terrible things keep befalling this family. Um, I'm done. I'm done with these types of movies. Yeah. I'm done with the homesteader uh, homesteader animal adjacent, like animal tragedy adjacent, like movies where I gotta be, I gotta call it. Yeah. Um, state fair, the musical. Oh, I've seen state fair. I went state fairs from 1945. You know, our state fair our is state a great, fair is a great state, state, fair. state fair. Don't miss it. Don't even yeah. be late. Uh, not a great, not great, not great, but there isn't similarly a great scene, which is, I don't know if you remember this. Um, so everyone goes to this. It's a family of four. The father has his hog that he's raising, um, which both kids have like love stories. The best love story in the movie, though, is the father's hog like is in love with like a female hog. And like he keeps like lying down in the dirt whenever the female hog goes away because he loves it so much and misses it. But the best scene is the mother, of course, has come with her pickles and her mincemeat. Yep. I remember this. Um, and the three judges that do like the tasting is just a very funny scene. Like they like, they like take little bites of the pickles and then act like it's like wine tasting. They're like, <laughs> and then the mincemeat has double brandy in it because the mother originally is not going to put brandy in it. So when she walks out of the room, the husband puts it in because he's like, this has to have some brandy in it. And then she comes back and she's like, I should put brandy. I really should, even though I don't want to cook with alcohol. So it's double brandy. So the head judge like tastes it and he just like keeps eating it. 
like this is good. This is a good joke. Some good bits. Some good. Some good bits. Some good bits. I don't. I'm sure when I saw State Fair when I was probably in junior high that all that went over my head. Yeah, Um, my two favorite films of the year though are a movie called Lever to Heaven, which uh, talking speaking speaking of sociopaths, it's about. Basically, this guy who is going to visit this guy at a farm and there's this family there at the same time and falls in love with this woman who just wants it to be the two of them. So he has a a, like an ill brother and his brother's like slowly getting better and he's learning to like swim across the lake. And then he like runs out of breath and she's like on the canoe following him and like lets the brother drown. And then she gets pregnant because she thinks that'll bring them closer. But then she's afraid while she is pregnant that this will come between them also. So she throws herself down the stairs. Holy shit. It's very dark. Oh, I love very this. That, that, that sounds great, though. Yeah. Um, but my favorite movie of the year is a noir called Scarlet Street. Um. And it's about it's Edward G. Robinson, who's famous for like being like a 1930s gangster, but he's sort of the right. patsy in the movie. Right. So he's this like banker who is going through like a midlife crisis and meets this younger woman who somehow gets convinced he's a famous painter when really he's just like paints as a hobby. So her and her boyfriend sort of pimp character decide they're going to like use him to like get money. Um, but it ends up being like pretty dark and it's just well told and it's my favorite movie of the year. So, well, I'm sorry that I suggest people check out Scarlet Street, which is on Amazon prime currently. You did say I should, you did say I should, you said if I have time, you should watch, I should watch it. Yeah. If you have, it's only a hundred minutes long. It's only a hundred minutes long, which is awesome. But I just, you know what it is? I just have this baby on my tit. It's yeah. just this baby's just hanging off my tit the whole time. So it's just it's like, true. it's just, distra- yeah. it's just distracting. It's just yeah. distracting. Do you know? Yeah. It makes it hard. It makes yeah. it real hard. It makes it real hard. Yeah. Um, so you like that more than Mildred Pierce? I do. Okay. Yeah. Scarlet, I think uh, Scarlet Street and Leave Her to Heaven I liked better. The other ones not, but yeah. Okay. Meg, do you have a favorite film of 2023? Have you seen anything in the last month? Have I seen that has that that has jumped over? I can't remember what your number one I know. was. I can't for. believe I can't remember what my number one either was either. <laughs> I've seen a couple things and I saw a couple things this year in theaters, but uh, is it 80 for Brady still? I don't know. I think you had said Magic Mike's Last Dance. Yeah, I like that. But Magic I can't Mike's remember something. Uh, I can't remember if something no, eclipsed it last Definitely time. the last movie that I saw in theaters was Magic Mike's Last Dance. And I guess that is, uh, all joking aside, that, that movie has some problems, but is still probably my favorite movie of this year. But what about you, Craig? I, you've seen so many movies. It's true. I have. Uh, I do have a new number one since the last time we talked. Wow. And it is How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Oh, my God. Is it a doc? It is not. Oh. It is a uh, film about a group of activists that all come together from different walks of life and for different reasons to blow a hole in a pipeline in Texas to disrupt the oil industry. Wow. Um, and, I mean, my uh, my personal politics sort of align, uh, maybe not to the extent, but align with these people. So 
it, I think if you're plus you'd like to blow Texas much, off the map, right? For sure. Yeah. I think if you're on the opposite side of this, like very on the opposite side of the spectrum, it might be hard to get into it, but mostly it's sort of like a heist movie. Um, and I think the entire ensemble is terrific. Um, I was lucky to see it in theaters, but it is available on VOD now, and I'm sure it'll be on a streamer at some point. I think it's Neon, so I think all of Neon's movies eventually go to Hulu. So, um, yeah, it was great. It was my first uh, four-and-a-half-star film of the year. Wow. So, okay, I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, um, although I will also say, because I think it'll probably be on VOD soon, um, I also quite liked, because I saw it recently, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. I am dying to see that. Dying yeah. to see that movie that, was very, that book meant a lot sweet. to me as a child. Dying yeah. to see it, really. I'm sorry. I'm sad that it's not making the money that I'd like it to make. But, I know. Yeah, but I'm not surprised. Um, can you talk? Did we already talk about Bo is Afraid? I haven't seen it, but I was talking to a, a list. I, I was talking to former uh, guest of the pod who wants to come back on. By the way, Anthony Armentano. And um, about that movie. And uh, so it's kind of, uh, I liked it. I feel like a lot of people quite polarizing, quite a polarizing movie. Um, I would say it's kind of told in five parts, the first two of which worked pretty well for me, the third didn't really at all. Um, And then the fourth kind of goes right into the fifth and like parts of both of those work. So I would say, um, on my, on my review, on my review, TikTok, Craig's list of films, um, I can, I, uh, compared it to the baseball player, Adam Dunn, who was a prolific power hitter that also almost led the league in strikeouts every single year. The film very much is that it either, there's some really incredible cinematic moments. And then a lot of stuff that you'll just be like, huh. None of Ari Aster's films have fully worked for me. I thought both Hereditary and Midsommar sort of fell apart a little bit at the ends. Um, and but I famously I think, have seen neither because I am uh, afraid. A scaredy. Mm-hmm. A scaredy. I'm a scaredy person. I don't. Yeah. I don't do that. Megan. Um, Megan was enough for me. M3 yeah. was enough. Yeah. But both. I think both those movies are more successful than Bo is Afraid. But you know, obviously, it's way more interesting to see a director take swings, even if they don't fully work than to see someone do something super boring. So interesting. I do think if, if people are interested in it, if you can see it in a theater, it's worth it just because it is three hours long. And I think a lot of people will turn it off if they're watching it at home. Yeah. And I think the best moment in the movie is in like the last 45, 30, 45 minutes of the film. So, okay. yeah. All right. Well, do you have anything you want to plug? This damn baby. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold him for the picture so that somebody will, you guys will have something to look at because yeah. oof, the rest of it, it's a real, it's a real hot mess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, before but I'm we getting go, back out there. I'm getting back out there. Back in the game. Yeah. I'm getting back in I the think, game. I think both before we go, clearly, I mean, I think anyone who listens to this podcast would already know this, but um, for, you know, the 200 people that end up listening to this episode, uh, Megan, I just want to show our support for the Writers Guild of America. Um, Support the WGA. Maddie Maddie is a uh, is a member of the WGA. Uh, Megan and I are both SAG AFTRA members. We fully support the guild and their strike action, and uh, 
Fuck the studios. It's pretty fucked. Fuck the studios. Um, pay the writers. And I think, honestly, more even more so, um, AI does not do the job of writers, and AI does not do the job of actors. If there's one thing that we've learned from this podcast is that sort of stuff is irreplaceable. Don't yeah. fuck around with that stuff. This is like the last great art form <laughs> that we have <laughs> going on that everybody can enjoy. So it's it's fucking dumb and I yeah. hope that it, it, it ends sooner rather than later. Yeah. I got this baby. We got this baby to support. Come on guys. Yeah. Come on. And he, he luckily though is a teamster, so he will not be crossing, he will any, not picket cross lines. any picket lines. Uh, yeah. Not my son. Um, no, sir. No, no. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. We will uh, be back, you know, sometime doing more movies. Uh, we appreciate you. Bye. Bye.